the uh, surgery on the clock. I have a little heart surgery. So, uh, so pray for Lewis and Mary and uh, uh, are they extension of That's all I know right now. Um, Linda Harper is having some testing done, so please put her on the prayer list. Okay. All right. Um, my sister Trevor, she went to the doctor today. She's got. Um, bronchitis but they run some tests on her and her oxygen level is low and they in the some other else because they're sitting there to they sent her over to primers to have a test on her lungs mm -hmm. so she don't know nothing about what's happened to that so we'll find that out um, how do you spell her name Trevor t-r-e-v-a
we give thanks for you for the things that you've done for us. Uh, we thank you for not removing your hands. For we love you and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you say Willis or Lewis? Lewis. Lewis. Lewis Russell. Uh, now I'm going to give you an update on Harold. Uh, Harold is uh, out walking a little bit from his bike path. Um, and he uh, had a little grandson born. So he said, now i got two grandkids. He said, i got the best grandkids in the world. He said, I'm just telling you how it is. He he's getting back to his normal self. So uh, he said thank everyone for the prayers and he felt it and he appreciated uh, Well, we uh, we finished up last week in verse uh, 15. And so uh, we're going to take off verse 16 and 17. Uh, it says, and it says, uh, the just live by faith if you have titles in your in your Bible. Uh, uh, and so verse uh, 16 says, For I am a king, for I am not a king of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Uh, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we're going to concentrate on these two verses tonight, and if we get a little bit farther you know, along, that's great, but I don't know that we will. Uh, and so Paul tells us uh, uh, in his message to Romans, uh, to the Romans, that, uh, uh, that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, his message is always about Christ. If you read all of his uh, books that are in the Bible, every one of them is always about Christ. How we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to respond, how we're supposed to share. Uh, and so, if you want to know that you know that, that, that I'm not just making this up, you can also check out First Corinthians. To do. He tells you he is a slave to the gospel. Bond servant to the gospel. Bond servant, slave, basically the same thing. Uh, his concern was to take this message to all the places in the world. You know, he was planning on leaving Rome when he got there and going on to Spain. And if he made it to Spain, he probably went to England. Or the United Kingdom, that island there, he'd have been to France, he'd have been right on up to Germany, all up in there. So uh, it wasn't time for them because the Roman Empire was going to spread, and that's how it was going to get to those places. Uh, and so in Romans 16, 20, 24 to 27, where he wanted, that's what he wanted, to take a message all the place. Paul said his message was the gospel of Christ. Every pastor. That should be the message, the gospel of Christ. Every believer, that should be the message, the gospel of Christ. Because that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. His message was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Period. 
Christ died for the remission of sin. He rose again. And forgiveness is available. And without all... <coughs> Remember? Oh, what do we do? We, what do you tell us to do? We are the light of the world. And what do we do? Let our light shine. We're not supposed to put our light under a bat. We're supposed to let the whole room light up. When we walk into a room, it should light up with the presence of Christ. That's our job. He lives in us. It's supposed to radiate from us. We're supposed to be different. People actually to use the word that's biblically used, we're supposed to be peculiar. Some of us are peculiar, but not peculiar because of our bondage to Jesus Christ. Some of us are peculiar. Uh, we have a southern word for that, choir. Uh, what's the word? Choir. Oh, not queer, choir. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old, that's an old term. It, 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 it's a project. It's solid. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm slowly getting it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, quark. You know, yeah. Quark, quark, that's right. It, you know, I think you gotta call it off the rocker. No, 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 but strange thing. Yeah, like you know what? You know, like bless your heart. Yo. Whoa, whoa. Think about that one one day. That would be saying, you know, he's quark, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so that that. That's it. Uh, I've ventured off into the... Let me back up and throw another ahead. little piece in here okay. that is part of this. Um, we talked last time that he's uh, bumping into the unbeliever here too. And this letter is to the believer. But he's bumping into the non-believer and he is upsetting their social order. He is sit, saying the gospel message. What is the gospel message? You just said it. A guy that died on a cross, a criminal in the eyes of Rome and, and some Pharisees. This is a man who died on a cross. And remember it says in the Bible that those hung on a tree are cursed. Well, God, God has him telling this story, which he's going to lose reputation. He's going to be rejected. But he also is introducing the social order of a new kingdom, the kingdom of God, and that the almighty highest position in the eyes and the beliefs of people, and by the way, there were none that had any excuse. They all believed, they all ascribed to a deity, a world uh, full of spiritual, okay, some good and some bad. Well, they, it was all mixed up, and here Paul is going to set the record straight. This was God. And this is salvation in the kingdom of God. This is eternal life. This is the gospel message. And I just want to say it's framed in on pluses and minuses. All There's no middle ground here. No middle ground. And he's he's presenting this at his own peril. He took all of the world's sin that had been, that was, and what to be upon itself. He took that. He took all of that on him. Now we talk about uh, he was innocent. You know, and unjust. That the thing. Look at what's going on in the world today. Look at the unjustness that's going on. 
people are beside themselves because they won't. Even, even people who don't believe won't justice done. You have this innate ability that was inbred in you from the creation of right and wrong, whether you want to accept it or not. And if there's right and wrong, there has to be a mediator. There has to be a judge. Because man is corrupt. Man is corrupt. And so, with that being said, that's the message. Paul proclaimed this message. It provided salvation. The message provides forgiveness and eternal life. Salvation is eternal life. Because it is appointed for man to die once and then to go. And so, that was all it was. That's Jeff Jacob. There was a big set of the Jewish Sanhedrin that believed that you die and where you fall, you fall, that's where you lay like a beast in the field. That's it. This is all there is. Even though they, they recognized that there was a God, they were almost like, they were almost to the point. They were even worse than some Muslims because if a Muslim can do certain things and they think they can earn their way to heaven. These people didn't even think you could earn their way to heaven. And as we know in Ephesians, Paul is telling these people salvation is in the body of this guy, this king, this God that was crucified on the cross. In his body, we are saved. This is all new to them. It's brand new. And he starts out, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He's not talking about the gospel here. He's talking about the the the, the idea of telling them this story of the man on the cross. This was shameful. And he's not ashamed of it. Categorically, he goes on record, I am not ashamed of this story of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He He's on record and I can just see how powerful that is. And, and, you know, as shocking as it was to the people that lived at that time, that a man could die, a man could be buried, a man could rise from the dead, spend around and be seen by a bunch of people, and ascend to heaven, alright? And the only thing they had to do was believe that he did it for them. And they're in there. And they're in. They're in. They put their trust in and they're in. Every other religion on the face of the earth from the beginning until Christ on the cross required you to do something. Even the Jews were required to do something. They were required to follow God. The Jews were. And they had a big sect of them that were coming to power that didn't believe in that. Think about this. Every other religion in the world, you have to change. You have to change. Before you can become holy, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this. This is the only place where the Savior has done it all for you. And people no, still can't accept it. There's no chance of you working on yourself. Paul is saying, you're toast. You are lost. You're a sinner. Every one of you are sinners. Right. You don't have a prayer. Okay. That's the message. That's the message. And that, from that message, provides forgiveness and eternal life. Some will turn away because they don't want it. They know that their life is so wretched and they reject the salvation. They reject it. That's a brother. Bless you, my man. 
the power is not the message. It says power of God. And he's talking about the big G God. I don't know how what name he would have used back then. The dynamics comes from the word power, the Greek word of power. But he's saying that the power is coming from God. The power for salvation. We're talking about the highest of highest. And that power is going to take you uh, through a process by which you do nothing about it, but you will have eternal life. And power, it says power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. Uh, so the requirement is to believe. That's it. The word, the root word that they're using for power here is where we in English language get dynamite.
name, the word that they, Paul uses is dikailo. Dikailo is a word in the Greek for declared righteous that God will, you'll get to this, and, and uh, it's in 2.13 and 3.20, it's not here. But Paul is talking right here about God's righteousness. So what is God's righteousness? Go for it. <laughs> well, it, 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 the word righteousness uh, really translates righteousness of God. It's not just a, the righteousness. It is the righteousness of God from deity. Uh, and, and, and it comes only from God in Romans 3, 23. That righteousness works effectively in all who believe. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 Faith is the key. How does how do we come to belief? By what? Faith. How do we come to faith? By what? Hearing. Hearing. That's right. All of this is tied together. And uh, salvation comes through faith by belief. And so you can't have one part of it without having all three of them put out there. Now, whether they, you know, you deliver the message. It's up to them and them. Alright? Uh, the message of the gospel must be received by faith. The righteousness must be received by faith. Galatians 3, uh, 10 and 12. Uh, the righteousness, that righteousness is received through the faith in Christ. Not just faith in God, but faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Philippians uh, 3.9 That goes back to up here. Paul was not ashamed of the God. Paul said the message of the message was the gospel of Christ. The message was the death and resurrection of Christ. So come back down here to this. Uh, the message of the gospel must be received by faith. The righteousness is received through faith in Christ. That's the message. Because some of the Jews believed in God. Their faith was in God, but not in Jesus Christ. The Jews today believe in God. They just don't believe Jesus Christ was the Messiah. They don't. And God cursed them. What did he say? I will not. And the Jews said, Lord, Lord, Lord. And so, for all practical purposes, I'm going to get a lot of emails on this. I, I, I just, this is what I'm going to say. The Jews of today are cult. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same Judaism. It's not the same Judaism that they of the forefathers. And so, uh, they already had the essence completely break away from the the you know the Pharisees and Sadducees essentially. The, I mean, it, their four sects were all broken up. And, and they only were left with Pharisees at the end of 70 AD. And those Pharisees then went out to reinvent Judaism. Judaism here. Um, by the way, the medical I want to introduce this. It's going back again. The Bible, and, I, and this makes sense, the Bible first. Um, has the beauty of creation. There's actually four themes of the Bible. The beauty of creation is clothed with the divine presence. We're coming up on verse uh, 120 here and 120 I won't. I won't. Uh, but, but keep this in mind. And, and some, some of this preference stuff or, or 
prepping up stuff is important. So you've got creation. The second was uh, universal stories of sin, man's sin. And we're talking about sin. And that is the flood and the dispersion from the Tower of Babel. The third was a theme of Jesus' incarnation. The, the nature of God in the creation. He came as a man. He inserted himself as a man. God has inserted himself into the creation. That's so hard for me to see. I only saw it the other day. And the fourth one is you guys. The kingdom of God has been birthed by Christ. The kingdom of God is evidence of the creation, of God in the creation. God has clothed Himself in this world. Multiple ways. Not just nature. So when that verse comes up, we'll see it differently. But now, from faith to faith. Faith to faith is not... Um, there's multiple ideas about this faith to faith. First, from old faith in the Old Testament to new faith? Ah, not really what it's supposed to be. It's not a new dispensation, although it is. It's not talking about that. God's faithfulness is a source for human faith. God's faith for human faith? It's not talking about that. Or from present faith to future faith. These are all concepts that got confusing in what does faith to faith mean? Faith to faith, from faith to faith, actually it's the seventh one. But Calvin came up with faith as a means to, of growth in degree of faith. A lot of theologians are, are trying to answer this question, what is faith to faith? Or faith of a believer, or, or justification of faith alone is, is actually Luther. It, it can be it can be explained a lot easier. But yeah, it is. It is. And I'm coming up on the second point. Faith, and this is what he's talking about. Paul's talking about from faith to faith. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, is from blah 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 to. It's an idiom. It's a normal way of figure speech that Paul uses, a number of them uses, but faith to faith. Is what he's talking about here. My faith as a believer to the next person's faith as a believer. You pass on the gospel message from faith of the preacher. Is that right? Go, go, Sarah. You explain that. <laughs> the message of the gospel makes it possible for the just to live by faith. Uh, the just will only live by faith in Hebrews 10 38. Alright. That faith is absolutely necessary in order to please God. We can't please God without that faith. And so, Hebrews 11, uh, 6 and 7, where it talks about that. Faith to faith is the faith that we have that was instilled in us at birth. Because we all had a mustard seed of faith, and mountains can be moved. To the faith we have in Jesus Christ and we accepted it. And because we have that faith in Jesus Christ, and because we've been accepted and, and, and been forgiven, we can live faith 
by faith out of our life being the people that God called us to be. We're to be the gospel bearer. We're to be the salt and the light. We're to save someone and snap them out of the gates of hell. That's by the gospel. Not by our physical actions, but by sharing the gospel. And so, uh, uh, faith goes through left back to Abraham before there was even Israel. It doesn't come from the Jews. It comes from understanding who God is. That's why preferences. The creation. Abraham was attributed before he was circumcised righteousness by faith. That's it. So there has to be faith for everybody. And if we, you believe by faith and faith through Christ. And if you're coming to Christ, you believe by faith and you get there by faith and who? Christ. You know, so uh, it's a parallel expression and I think that's where we get off uh, on it. Uh, that each individual believer is required. And, and Paul's word, he, he's not just singling out a group. He's singling out individuals. Each one of us has to grow and live by faith. Period. You come to Christ by faith. You've been, you, the mystery still has been revealed to you by faith. And by faith you must live and by faith you must care. And that's what he's talking about. And, and, and it's as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's written that way. The just shall live by faith. And so that's what we're called to do. Live by faith. Do we live by faith? We would like to think we do. But Lord, I ain't going to bother you with which pair of shoes I'm going to wear today. Well, maybe I should. If, if I go through the day and my feet get wet and my feet are cold, you know, maybe I should talk to them. But everything. Lord, let me be a vessel for you. Let me be a vessel for you. You feel perfect. Right. From two, one little caveat. From two in, in the scriptures here, I'll read one and truly I tell you, this is Jesus talking. With certainty, whoever hears what I say, like the gospel message, they will not and believe in the one who sent me will have eternal life and will not be judged but will pass from death to life. He, that's the idiom. Jesus is using it well. But well, in this whole process, from to takes a period of time. It, it was determined multiple times in the literature I read that it takes time. It's not an instantaneous Westerners much. Instantaneous. From faith to faith. We won't drive. We won't drive through it. Right. It's going to be from faith to years later, faith. It takes time. And in the, in the parsing out of the Greek, it's saying this is all written with timing involved. Here, here. It is time. Yeah. Here's the, here the easiest and most simple way I know how to explain it. Because Paul uses the same phrase to argue the point that no one in the history of the world has ever been declared righteous without faith in God. Period. No one has ever been declared righteous without faith in God. Period. And so that's the argument. And because he was going up with people who had 5,700 gods, we got today, we probably got 15 million. I mean, you got, you got gods out there that don't even know which bathroom to use. 
How in the world are they going to know what faith and so this is the thing that Paul was arguing in his time. And we should be shocked because of what's going on in our society today. And what did Solomon tell us way back there? There's nothing new, new uh, under the sun. So that tells us that all the sins we see going on today were prevalent back then. They might just be names up different. They might come out in a different looking package. But, you know, there's nothing new. Sin is sin. Debauchery is debauchery. I mean, when you have a city that's named Sodom, that should tell you enough about that. So that's where the word Sodomy comes from. That's not a Greek word. That comes from a biblical sense. That God destroyed that town because of what was happening. Alright? One of the things in this timing thing, I've got to throw this in there, is that a lot of the theologians got off track of what Paul was talking about. He's talking about the gospel message here. He's not talking about anything else. But from two also is faith is immediate in justification. When God saves you, it's instant. But faith grows. It grows in sanctification. So from faith to faith, they thought, well, it's about justification and sanctification. No. It's about Paul giving the gospel from one person and another one receiving it over here. And so this becomes difficult in the interpretation. Sorry. No, you're good. Well, I'm going to put that kick up for it and lose But what I'm going to say is uh, uh, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, oh, you're good. Faith is not an individual one-time it is a continuous act. You know, uh, you have some uh, people who believe that salvation is a continuing act. And they, they believe you can win your salvation or lose your salvation. And, and if you come to salvation by faith, you can't lose your salvation. It's a certain work. You can doubt and not lose your salvation. You can sin and not lose your salvation. However, however, some of us need to reach out to that person. Because you can't lose your salvation is not an excuse to continue to sin. Yes, we can do a whole lot of things and yes, we can be forgiven. However, that's not what we're to do. We're to live by faith. And faith in who? In Jesus Christ. We're to be, we are to be guided by who? The Holy Spirit. How is the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit going to guide us to commit sin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit going to lead us to contradict the Word of God? Absolutely not. Is the Holy Spirit going to guide me to be mis misinterpreted? No. No, the Holy Spirit will not allow me to be misinterpreted or to misinterpret what I'm saying. And if I do, I immediately know it because of the conviction that comes over me. And so when we argue the Bible, we, we need to be preaching salvation. Period. The little nuts and bolts and nuances of who did this and who did that is irrelevant. The only thing that is relevant is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Period. Period. Jesus Christ is King. He died for the remission of sin of all the evil people on earth. He died for everybody. Not a particular group, not a particular thing. Only some are going to respond. 
Only some are going to respond. However, that does not give us an excuse not to care not for whatever from first to last. That's it. And so here's the other thing that we do. When we get there, we're going to be shocked. I can assure you, we're going to be shocked at who is there. And we're going to be more shocked about who is not. And so the question, you know, I throw that out from the pulpit. Who is here today? Who are you going to see in the kingdom of God because of you? What have you done with the gift of God? Because we're going to give it a count. What have we done with this gift of salvation? Who have we shared it with? Do we have crowns? Are we soul winners? That's the question. Are you a soul winner? That means are you sharing the God? Or are you, well, I haven't been trained enough or I haven't done this, I haven't done that. And that's what's going to happen to us. We're going to stand and we're going to give an account for every action we have. Since we've been saved, we're going to stand before God and all of our motives or the decisions we made are going to be laid bare. Going to be laid bare. Think about that. Think about that. Why did I do such and such? Why did I not do such and such? Why did I say this? Why did I not say this? What were I? The thought that I had when I kept my mouth shut was was the motive. What was the thought? The thought that I had when I did say it. The regret that I had after saying it or not saying it. All of those things are going to be laid bare before God. And they're going to be put in a thing and they're going to be burnt and whatever's left is going to be purified and that's the crown that we get taught before Him or not taught. The what? And so that's where we're at. You know, uh, so this credit, justification, this credit of righteousness is, is we're all sinners and we have to pay the price. In fact, there's there's an order of that. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. First, the gospel tells us that all sin and must be punished by death. God's righteousness, number two, claims must be paid for by someone. Three, God sent His Son to perfectly fulfill the claim. Perfectly fulfill the claim that has to be paid here. And as a substitute... He died in order to accomplish this as a substitute for sinners to pay for all the sins of the world. Full. Now, God can save all those who avail themselves of the work of Christ, not of the work of them. So the work of Christ that was done on the cross, now the righteousness is imputed based on His words. And the just shall live by faith from here on out. You're, you're going to get a lot of argument sharing about You're going to get a lot of kickback. You're going to get, you know, people are going to question the book. People are going to question the motive. And, and so, I, I like the thing 
you know, uh, they got another radio show that's got a boy, uh, what is it, uh, Ricky. You, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, he's got a, this deep voice, a radio voice, and, and, and he, he, does, he has a thing, uh, and I've seen it, and uh, this lady walks up to a microphone, he's out in a public forum, standing outside on a little stage with a microphone, and people are asking him questions. And she walks up to him and she says, uh, what is the standard to get in heaven? He said, perfection. And she said, are there people in heaven? Yes. Or were the people in heaven perfect? No. She said, how do you explain that? He said, great. Great. God's standard is perfect. No sin can enter the kingdom of God. None. And so, in order to do that, he loved his creation so much that he made a promise after the flood that he would not destroy the world again by water. But he loved those so much that he didn't wipe out the whole human race of his creation. Eight individuals. And we're here because of them. And so, we still sin. We're back to where we were before the flood. We're back to where we were before the flood. And He loved us so much, He says, He says, He, the Creator of the universe, stepped down out of heaven, wrapped Himself in His creation. He put flesh on he became a human. He's the only human on the face of the earth that only had 24 chromosomes. Now I'm in your world now. That's all feminine. That's all right. And uh, I think you've got to have, what, 40 what? Right, 46. 23 and 23. Well, he had 23. 43. Yeah. That's it, no. One, one more. Yeah. 24. 24. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> but it, I thought I was right. Because he was male. See. Yeah. So you had the X right in the life. Right. But the, 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 the other half was not that. No, it didn't need to be that. It was great. But anyway, uh, long, I, I, I digress a little bit. But, right. um, but he he put that on so that he can come to earth. He clothed in that self and humanity, which is. He got to experience everything on that a human being experienced. He got to be nurtured by the woman that loved him. He had to, you know, he had to go to school or whatever. He had to learn right or wrong. I'm sure, you know, uh, can you imagine, can you imagine the things that, that when he was a little boy and the jokes that he could have played? I mean, you know, uh, it, uh, it would not be fun. Uh, can you imagine playing hide and seek? I mean, this would be exactly, but anyway, uh, he did that because he, he, he understood us. We now have an advocate in heaven who understands our thoughts, who understands our senses, our feelings, not just our physical feelings, but our emotional feelings. He understands everything. He knows how easily we are blinded, how easily we're distracted. He understands all of that, and yet he went and died freely for us. 
And today I can go and look back at those trees if I was to get there and climb those trees. We don't know if they're still there or not, but if they are, they're going to be huge now. And, and thank God for allowing me to have the childhood I had. Allowing me to be able to, to run and, and play and, and experience Him to learn not only from my mom and dad and from church, but from my neighbors and, and from my friends. And the teachers who taught me, I didn't much like being in school. I thought it was a hindrance to me being outside. I could sit in school and if a bird flew by the window, I about wanted to follow him as far as he could. I love being outside. I love the adventure. Now, if you've got me in school, we've got a good book going, and it's about an adventure, I'm there. Robinson Crusoe, I love it. Old Yellow, The Yearling, right. all of those books. Riding ponies and horses. Well, yeah, riding ponies and horses. Jumping around. Jumping around and, 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 and where the red fern grows will make you cry. If you're a good old country boy, the red fern grows will make you cry. But anyway, long story short, the Bible will make you cry. The best story I've ever heard in my life, and I've read a lot of books, is the Bible. Think about this. Think about this. You've got a man who runs into a tent and lays down because he's exhausted, goes off to sleep, and somebody drives a tent peg through his head and nails him to the ground. I mean, if you, that, that action right there. Somebody that's a woman. Yeah, I know. But that dude, <laughs> the dude that went to sleep wasn't a woman. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know that's why you sleep with one eye open. That's right. <laughs> this. This whole if you see him come in with a hammer and a stake, you better do it. And I ain't talking about what it goes on the grid. This whole book of, of uh, Romans is considered by a lot of people to be a theological book full of doctrines and all this stuff. No, the emphasis here is right from the beginning. Paul says it's about the gospel message. Sure, he's going to give the gospel doctrines as he goes through it. And he's going to show some application at the end of this. But this is about the gospel message and how to present and why you're a sinner and what all of these things will be parsed out throughout the rest he, of the world. He he's presenting the gospel to pagans who have 7,000 gods. And, and they believe their God is, is just as immortal as ours. However, However, if they go back and you know remember uh uh, uh not Isaiah uh Elijah had an old game yelling about he must still be asleep and they go to cutting themselves and they you know they do a dancing and holler and he said, Alright, here's what you want to do. Get all this wood piled up, he piled it up. He said, Now dig a ditch around, fill it up with water. And he called down fire from heaven. There's not another deity supposed deity that can do that other than God Almighty, the Creator of you. There ain't no rock named Buddha can do it. There ain't no uh, prophet named Muhammad can do it. Allah can't do it. Allah is a moon god. They had 650 God and they chose Allah. That was the name of the moon god. So if it's the moon god, that means it operates in the dark. That ought to be a clue right there. <laughs> it is. They, that God of Allah tries to reflect the vision 
of Jesus Christ and God. What did Satan do? He's a reflector. Ain't it amazing how that whole religion has got a mood of a reflector for, for Jesus. And our religion and our God tells us that we're to love our brothers and sisters, love our neighbors and ourselves. And Mary tells us if I don't convert, they're going to chop my head off. Yeah. And so, you have to recognize and call it what it is. The only reason there's Muslims today, we can go back to, to Joseph. Not Joseph. Uh, uh, Ishmael's world. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. They're And one of the fastest growing Muslims and Christian uh, transitions is occurring right in Iran right now. Iran uh, is, is protesting, is erupting, and these people are going to their death, some of them. But there's a that's fascinating for Christianity still today. And it's because they know where they're going, and they have no fear, unlike. Uh,